when you realize how powerful your voice can be or your influence can be and to use that in such a you know positive way I feel like that's really the lightning rod for everything and that's why getting up at you know five something in the morning is like no problem because I just know you know with my work that's something that I want to consistently instill in everything that I do sick of being upsold at gyms my guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davy Jones. Today's guest is brand ambassador and content creator, Lauren Taylor. And as you'll quickly learn in this interview, Lauren has a lot more going on than that, from self-publishing the letter magazine, to working as a contributing editor for The Every Girl, and as a talent event coordinator for Dote Shopping. She's even in the process of writing a fiction book proposal, all while being a student at New Hampshire University. We cover all that and more in this interview, but we focus on content creation and what she's learned from being a brand ambassador and creator for so many different brands, including her own. I think you'll have a hard time walking away from this episode not feeling inspired. Be sure to check out the show notes at DaveyAndKrista.com for the resources we mentioned during the episode. And I'd like to hear from you about what kind of content you'd like to see on the Brands at Book podcast as we move forward. I'd also like to know what episodes you've enjoyed most so far and why. To leave your feedback, head on over to the Davy and Krista Facebook page and send us a message. Now, on to the interview. All right, Lauren, in San Francisco right now, it is 5.30 in the morning. I'm, <laughs> I'm impressed that you're up for this interview. Thank you for getting up so early to join us. Of course. No, I'm, I'm so thrilled for this. So getting up is like no problem at all. And it's actually funny. I'm actually, oddly enough, an early bird. I typically go to bed like an old grandma at like 8 or 9 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, we're the same way. We go to bed, uh, especially with a newborn now we go to bed super early and we tend to get up uh, pretty early as well but i guess it's important for you to be an early bird because i'm just i have to i had to literally write down all of the things that are going on right now with you so i'm just going to go through this list here but you're a brand ambassador and content creator contributing editor of the every girl and then you're a talent and event coordinator for uh, dope shopping right and i'm saying that right uh, women run fashion company Mm-hmm. Did I get did I get everything there? <laughs> yes, you got everything there. Yeah, so you just have so many I mean f- uh, fascinating things going on that I'm excited to dive in and and talk with you about. But I imagine that you have to get up pretty early just to get all the things done. Oh yeah, definitely. And actually crazy enough, so I typically get up at like 5:30 a.m. every morning and now being on the West Coast cuz I'm trying to keep that East Coast time. Yeah. <laughs> And so, but yeah, getting up on the West Coast and getting that done, because I'm also totally forgot to mention this too. So I went back to school. So I'm a junior at Southern New Hampshire University as well. And so, yeah, I definitely have to start my day early for sure. 
Yeah. I mean, you just have so much going on. And being on the West Coast, we did some work out on the West Coast previously. And what was hard about being on the West Coast is when I woke up in the morning, I felt like I was behind just because the rest of the country, their their day is already underway. So I don't know exactly. if you felt that at all as uh, as you moved out to San Francisco. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because I think that uh, just... I don't know. It's just, it's so different. Like this is my first time. So I moved cross country recently and it's so different than the East coast. And I, I joke with people over here. Cause I said the first thing that I noticed, they were obsessed with avocados. <laughs> Even my Lyft driver had like an avocado tree in his backyard. I was like, what is this? <laughs> but it's uh yeah, it's vastly different, especially with the time. But I think that, you know, again, just waking up early, you do feel like you are fulfilling your day even more. And I just, I want to feel like that I'm trying to accomplish everything that I can within a day. And so it feels good, but at the same time, it's like completely pitch black. So (laughs) (laughs) it's just so crazy. Well, one of the reasons that I'm really excited to talk with you today is because uh, so much of what you do really centers on creating content. And so you're creating content for yourself and for your own brand, but you're also creating content for other brands. And so I'm really excited to dig into your approach to creating compelling content. And I know that you're launching a YouTube channel, or maybe you have a, you have a YouTube channel, but you're, you're starting to vlog on that YouTube channel. So I'm excited to dig into all of that. But first, can you just give us an idea of you know what you're doing right now? And then I want to dig into you know, how you got there. Definitely. Okay. So right now, um, as you've mentioned, so content creator and brand ambassador curating for both my social media and YouTube channel. And I've also done modeling and that typically also includes like editing and filming and curating like photo shoots and styling and for my personal brand and partnerships with other brands as well too. And also mentioned before, I, I recently moved cross country from uh, Virginia to San Francisco and took a job opportunity as a talent and event coordinator for Dote Shopping. And there I organized and create all the events for them all over the world. We just got back from Maui and uh, headed to Fiji and New York, and which is just insane. And uh, they work with a lot of social media influencers as well and their dope community. And I think it's really cool because I get to be a creator, but at the same time, I get to see the behind the scenes of an actual brand and what they do for creators. <laughs> it's kind of also insane just to say like all of these things out loud too. Cause I'm just like, man, like you would think that <laughs> I would just get no sleep. <laughs> But it's it's cool because you get this 360 view of, you know, like you just mentioned on being on the creator side, but then also being part of a brand that can prop up or help prop up uh, creators with different opportunities. And so going back just a little, what is a brand ambassador? Right. So a brand ambassador is all about representing a brand or representing a campaign that they're doing. And I started off actually with Airy. That was my first ever campaign that I was ever a part of. And I am so obsessed with their messaging, especially with women and diversity and sharing that representation. And I think for as a brand ambassador, for one with brands and really just sharing on the genuine love that you have for the brand. And that's typically how I think 
most people get introduced. So when you're tagging the brand on social media or with Aerie, I not only tag them, but I, I reach out to them too. These brands have different campaigns throughout the year. And I was a part of their Aerie Real bra campaign. And there was some other Aerie Real campaigns that actually one of them, they put me in the store with other Aerie girls. It was like 50 plus stores across the United States. And then also in the Times Square as well too on a billboard. And that was really, really cool. And they just, yeah, they're just brilliant. And so I think besides being representation of the brand, it goes even deeper than that as well too, because I feel like brands are now trying to pick people that can resonate with their audiences. And with being a brand ambassador, you're showing that relatability and you're sharing your love for the brand. And you're also creating content for them as well on your own social media platforms. So how did you even get started with, you know, like, did you decide one day that you wanted to be a brand ambassador? Like, how did all of that come about? It started with my YouTube channel. So when I first started YouTube, which some of the embarrassing (laughs) videos I have on there, I basically started out just talking and, and sharing different things. And then I kind of went into lifestyle content. And then that's when I started to discover, it was actually my first partnership ever. It was Campbell's Soup and it was with my grandma. We had, she made something with Campbell's Soup and I took a cute picture with her, tagged them, and then they like shipped me items and just this big box of like all Campbell's Soup, like it was t-shirts and mugs and just all this stuff. (laughs) And I was like, man, like, this is so cool. Like, I wonder how this would work with other brands. And so then I started to reach out to other brands and ask them to do, you know, a partnership. And of course, those pitch emails are also very much embarrassing. They were very long and like passionately written. And, <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I, I almost, I wouldn't even say started. I think kind of fumbled into what I do now. And I learned that you know, even with me having like a small audience, how could I add to the brand and create that content for them? And so first creating content for myself on my YouTube channel and then learning how to create content for others. And that's how I pivoted my my pitch towards brands and how I started with them. And then once Aerie picked me up, it was almost like a, a floodgate of other brands. And then when I got my second official campaign, and that was with Lily Pulitzer, and that was like a dream come true and full on like modeling and filming and being interviewed by Cosmopolitan Magazine. And that was really insane as well. So going back to just getting just getting started, you, you mentioned that you didn't have a very big audience at the time. So what was it about, you know, your YouTube channel or the content that you were creating that uh, I guess would be incentive enough for brands to pick you up to begin with? That's a great question. <laughs> I honestly, if I'm being really frank, I, I think I still ask myself that because of my, you know, such low numbers. I think that honestly... And it's called, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but micro influencers. Mm -hmm. I think that is really becoming a thing nowadays for a couple of reasons. And for one, being that with people with a small following, I, I feel like we are the audience or the target audience of these brands. And so to be able to represent a brand and people can actually genuinely trust, right? And it feels like, you know, a human like voice speaking to them and 
they feel uh, connected with us. I think that's a big part of why these brands decide to work with micro-influencers. Another reason, too, is that I think through the content that I have created that it's not only resharable or it's not, it's, it's also a representation of their own brand as if someone from their own brand were to create it. And so I think that getting into the mindset of the brands and how they would set up a shot or how they would film something or, or share something, I think that's super helpful when you are trying to position yourself for a certain brand. And so I think that's kind of added to why these brands have decided to work with me because I've proven myself on the front end of I have an engaged audience um, of the audience that I do have and they trust me in my opinion and sharing something with them. And then two, I've proven that I've been able to create great content that the brands have been able to use. So I think those are kind of the two deciding factors in in approaching brands and, and why they um, choose to work with people. And I got to imagine that at least part of it is that you're just, I mean, you in a very authentic way, love the brands that you work with. It seems like, I mean, even the Campbell soup, you know, <laughs> it was, you, you really like their product. You said, did you say your grandmother made something? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's just, does it get any more Campbell's soup-esque than that, right? You know, so I got to imagine that on at least some level, it's just the authenticity behind what you're sharing about these content as well. But, you know, it's, I guess it's awesome that it's not just, oh, I, I get on and I create authentic content. It's that you're thinking through how that brand would position their products and how they would shoot their, you know, their products, whether on video or photo or whatnot, and how they would style their products. So you're actually thinking, you know, how can I create content that these brands can can use themselves? Exactly. Yes, that's exactly it. Because I feel like a lot of the time, sometimes people they typically try to say, okay, so what can the brand do for me? But in my mindset, I flip that because I think that if you can add more to the brand and not necessarily a million followers, because that's not all that brands need. And so if you could add more to the brand and figure out your positioning in that, then I think that's a gold mine in booking them. And I think that looking at the brand, seeing what they may need, seeing what they're doing right now and aligning yourself with that. I think that's the perfect way in getting into being a brand ambassador or even a content creator. And I imagine for smaller companies too, I mean, not necessarily the areas of the world, but for smaller companies in that, they don't, they might not have a full on creative a marketing team. So if someone were to come along and share about their brand in an authentic way, and then also according to their brand guidelines and their brand styles, that it would be really appealing for that company because they don't have you know necessarily anybody else who's going to make that that stuff for them. And somebody's come along and done it for free. Exactly. Definitely. And I think too, that by doing things for free, like in the beginning and building your portfolio, that's amazing because not only are you getting that experience, but you're also getting that advertisement as well on the brand, even if the brand is small and you're able to build up those names. I feel like people, once they've worked with a few brands, they should definitely mention that and going forward and reaching out with more brands because it just shows that, you know, that I've done this hard work, you know, my work has been proven and then they can eventually start, you know, monetizing that. So as people are just getting started, you mentioned that, you know, you kind of, it sounded almost like you were cringing when you were thinking about your initial pitch emails to different <laughs> companies. 
So tell us a little bit about what you learned about pitching companies, you know, to be a brand ambassador. Oh, such a great question as well, too. Yes. So my previous pitch emails are, I just don't crack up at them because they were just, they were very, they were very, you know, sweet and passionate, but my goodness, they were at least a page long. (laughs) And so I feel like when you were pitching a brand, keep it short and sweet. The, The main content pieces are you want that introduction, but not just like any introduction. You want to keep it lighthearted and fun. So, you know, if I'm pitching, let's just say Airy, then, you know, I would say, okay, well, I'm a brand ambassador, content creator, and also a woman empowerment obsessed gal and just keeping that very personal. And then I would dive into you know, why um, I'm reaching out to them. So if they do have a campaign going on, or if it's just a general thing, I would say, you know, I really am obsessed with your brand mission. And I would mention something personal about them that they're doing. So let's just say your Airy Real campaign was really incredible and just very beautifully inspiring. And then I would go into the why after that and just saying that, you know, I would love to partner with you all on a future campaign or I would love to do A, B, C, and D and just kind of give them a really snippet of your idea and then close it out with another compliment and say, just thank you so much for, again for inspiring the world and then leave all of your like social information and whatnot below. I feel like with reaching out to brands, you know, brands are very smart. They're going to know, okay, like, is this person genuine? Can we see this person within our brand? And keeping it short and sweet like that, I think is perfect because then you're hitting all the marks in that introduction. You're giving them that genuine compliment and then you're pitching them a really quick idea because you want the conversation to go back and forth. You don't just want to say everything in one email and then have them, you know, pass it. You know, you want, it's almost like a hook. Like you want to get them excited And then, you know, reply back to you. And even if they say no, you can still follow up and say, okay, well, I would love to reach out to you again. I worked with Madewell. Actually, it was like a year later. I had reached out to them a couple of times. They said no twice. And then I had reached out to them one more time uh, through their PR company because they had actually left their phone number in the email, called them, and then I, I booked it. So you just never know. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome that you just, I mean, you kept trying. I think most people would give up after the first no. Then of the people who tried uh, again would probably give up after the second no. But, but, you know, after the third time they said yes. So, I mean, what's your approach? If someone says no, how long did you give, you know, how, how much time went by before you reached back out? So my rule of thumb is when you first send an email, to wait at least three days to send a follow-up email. And then once you send a follow-up email and you still have not heard back, I would wait at least a week and then send one more and then wait again. And if you still do not receive a response, uh, a really great tip is to, you can always go onto LinkedIn or you can always search other contexts for companies because companies typically when you're dealing anything with marketing, it's going to have an advertising email, social email. So it might say like social at AE.com or something like that. Or you can find a person and through LinkedIn or something like their marketing person and whatnot um, and possibly get that contact. Or you can even call. I feel like a lot of people don't even call brands, which, you know, a lot of them, they have phone numbers. And so you can call and possibly get a contact. But 
the number one thing though is do not stalk them or you know <laughs> <laughs> hit them up multiple multiple times but I, I think up to three times is fine as long as you space it out and then if not then then you just may have to wait you know a few months because you never know the brand maybe just is busy in that season and I think that patience it's tough and just waiting for that long I've waited for brands before six months to a year and so I think that it's just all about your timing and even with the days another great tip is you know never send emails out on Friday because everybody's trying to get on on the office never send emails out on Monday because everyone's catching up for the weekend so it's really great to position your emails either on a Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday those are really the great days of the week yeah, I think you just unloaded a ton of really practical advice, not only for somebody who's trying to get into being a brand ambassador, but I think just in business in general, everything that you said rings true. Web design clients, for instance, will sometimes inquire uh, for us and we'll send them information, we'll follow up, we won't hear anything for six months, and then they'll come back and say, hey, I'm ready to, you know, I'm ready to get started. So it's just sometimes you just kind of got to wait for people to be to be ready themselves you just be patient but then also just in terms of like when you reach out to people like you said Fridays terrible time to reach out to people Mondays again people are just trying to clean out their inbox so if it's something that seems like it would be a lot to respond to they might just archive that email and forget about it you know so I, I again I just think tons of practical advice for people there whether they're trying to become a brand ambassador or whether they're they're in some sort of other business one thing I, I want to follow up with this I also want to get into to creating content. But before I do, as far as being a brand ambassador goes, is it important to be on certain platforms? I would assume that having some sort of video presence is important. Great question. Yes. So here's how I feel about social media platforms because there are so many out there. <laughs> We're just talking about IGTV, which again, I can't believe that's even a thing. Because I, I think what social media and, and how it's changing, I think that everyone's trying to become the number one platform where you don't leave the platform, right? Especially Instagram. And so I feel like you need to first figure out which platform do you love the most and you would share on the most. And then from there, which platform would be the best for your uh, personal brand? Because for me, I only use Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, and I feel like those platforms are the best for me because I'm very visual heavy in the content that I produce. And so, but for somebody else, Pinterest may not make sense and Facebook may make sense. So I think once you pick, I wouldn't pick all of them because I don't, I personally think that you don't need all of them. I think that you just need a solid two or three. And then in figuring out, okay, how do you want to create your content? Because even though video content is great, but I've seen much success in just writing content as far as like a blog mm -hmm. or just even on Twitter. Twitter is a great place for content as well. And even brands look for that. So I think that it depends on what brands are going for, how you genuinely like to share, where is your brand voice, where's your brand voice home. And because if you get onto a platform where you think a brand would think that was great, but then you don't feel comfortable sharing on it or that it's not your vibe, then that's going to show through. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people are going to be happy to hear that because I would assume, oh, you have to have this video personality. You have to be charismatic. You have to be on a YouTube. You have to be on an IGTV. So I think a lot of people, people who might be interested in being a brand ambassador, but aren't video people, I think this is going to be good news to them. 
Definitely. Yeah. I think that people, and I know, and I totally get it that sometimes we feel like we have to be everything and anything, but I think simplicity and keeping it minimal and to be really great at, you know, a couple things as far as our content and and sharing on that. Cause of course, every audience is different. And I feel as long as you keep also engaged on that content, because I mean, social media wouldn't be social media without us and those conversations. And I think that people sometimes also forget that as well. And so it's, it's really important, even with Instagram and even caption writing. I mean, to always keep engaged with your audience, because that's the most important and to create those conversations on that platform or any platform that you're on that is really the true key in building, you know, your audience. And then the brand will see that and they'll see, you know, all of those, you know, comments and conversations and understand that, oh, wow, like they have an audience that trusts them and engages with them. And that's, you know, an amazing pool. I mean, it's far more valuable to have, let's just say like a thousand engaged people rather than a few thousand unengaged people. I think this is a good segue too in talking about content creation and engagement, creating compelling content for, you know, so many different channels, because like we mentioned at the beginning of this interview, you're not only a brand ambassador, which like you could be sharing for Aerie one week and Lily Pulitzer the next, I assume, but you're also the contributing editor of the every girl. And then you're also working for dote and you're, you're, you know, getting into vlogging of your, of your own. So how do you manage all of these different content channels? Is there like, do you have the same approach for each of these channels? Well, first I manage them with a lots of prayer, <laughs> <laughs> lots of faith that it all works out. Uh-huh. But yes, but definitely, definitely different approaches. So, so with Instagram and then with YouTube and then with the every girl. So the every girl um, is very much curated in the sense with lifestyle content where I am basically outlining the entire video and I do a complete pitch for them and I set up every single scene and almost make it like if you think of like a movie and how movies are set up but just you know a mini movie in that and it's very much just also too if you're setting up like a photo shoot it's very much styled and sit down and intros and conclusions and everything versus on my own YouTube channel, which as you mentioned, starting a vlog where that's super candid, it's very much relaxed. And then on Instagram, um, Instagram varies because it just depends on, I might throw a candid picture in there or it is a styled photo shoot for, you know, a brand or something like that. And basically my approach to each different platform just depends on what is the objective. So what's the goal? So with the every girl really honing in on their audience and um, I've done a lot of style videos for them or how-to videos and really teaching their audience something and so that is my objective in creating that video content and making sure that that's coming across with something over on Instagram I basically surround like two different objectives either one um, I may have a partnership with the brand and so I'm showing off you know an outfit or 
an item or something like that. Or two, I am coming at it with my audience and sharing, you know, inspiration or sharing something personal that I feel like people can relate to and we can have a conversation about. And the way that I manage, I actually use Planoly, which is incredible for <laughs> for content and just uploading content, keeping all of that organized. And I try to stay ahead. So I also, too, I plan out my Instagram about a month in advance and along with my captions and then also with my video content, I organize it as, you know, those outlines and pitches of projection are super helpful because then it keeps that storyline really clean. And um, that's basically how I approach everything, just staying ahead of it, because I think posting in real time is great. But I think that when you carry everything, all when you have all of your thoughts and everything like that, it's just so helpful. And then, you know, when you feel like you're completely stumped on a caption or content or something, you already have something in your bank that you can pull up later. Sure. And I got, and even if you schedule something and, but in the moment you feel like, no, I got to share this, you can always go ahead and do that. But at the very least you have something ready to go. But I guess what I'm hearing you saying as far as like content creation and for all these different channels, you start with the end goal in mind. How does that differ a little bit like between, for instance, your personal YouTube and Instagram channel, you know, as opposed to the every girl? So with my personal versus, I guess, okay, so personal versus a brand, so like the every girl, with the every girl, like I have a lot of creative control there, which is incredible. But at the same time, because it's more so on their platform and their audience, which is similar to mine, but not my exact audience, I think I think about them more so rather than just what I want. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, when I'm pitching, so whenever you're pitching a brand or you're, um, they'll probably come back to you with different notes about what they want and what they're expecting. And then that's when you take your creativity and put it on top of that, almost like an ice cream topping in a sense. But so basically, like I uh, said before, it's, it's a lot more curated to them and to their brand messaging, their target, target audience versus my personal stuff where I'm only caring about my audience, if that makes sense. So yeah. it's a lot. I have a hundred percent creative control there and I can do whatever I want there uh, and whatever I feel like sharing versus, you know, a brand or like the every girl where that pitch needs to be approved, that outline needs to be approved. And it's very seamless in the fact of the objective and the content being produced um, as a curated piece, particularly for that. What have you learned from managing all of these different channels? Because I got to imagine that you've picked up different things along the way. (laughs) I mean, what kind of advice would you have for somebody that's just getting into content? Oh man, I think that, gosh, yes, I I have learned so much. I I call them my little Oprah moments or (laughs) off moments. Well, for one, I I think it's just so important to know, just to go for it. I I feel like in my engagement with my personal audience, especially over on Instagram and and the number one message that I I receive from people is just, how did you get started? How did you get started? And then even though it sounds completely minuscule, but I just started, I think that is one of the hardest things to do when you're approaching anything creative, because so many self-doubts can go into it, comparisons and everything like that. But 
I just feel at the end of the day, no one can do it like you can. And that's the most important thing to understand is that even though you may approach something similar, no one's going to be able to, you know, be into the creative mindset that you're going to have because no one is you. And the other thing too, besides just to start is to just keep going. I think that's the other trial after that is just, you know, a lot of the stuff that I'm doing now, I've been in this for about three to four years and it definitely didn't happen like overnight at all. And so I think when you are pursuing your passion, it's going to take time. But I think if you keep at it, you know, those doors were, would open and I always talk about, you know, a leap of faith and it goes back to a perfect scenario. Uh, Will Smith, he jumped out of an airplane and he was talking about that experience. And he then goes into the point where he's about to jump out of the airplane. And it was like the point of maximum fear. But then as soon as he jumped out, it's like he didn't realize like he was like, why the heck was I scared in the first place? And that is so true in the creative community. When we first do things or when we're in the middle of something where we've done it for a long time and we feel like giving up. It's just that um, I think everybody can really resonate with that fear of, you know, is this going to work out? Like, is this my path? And just all of those things. But I think that if we just can take that leap or if we can keep going and just give it our all, then that will come to flourish and we will really see, you know, the journey in that. I think in doing everything that I'm doing, it's really all about the journey rather than the destination. And I've had a lot of just personal growth. And I understand that, you know, this is just so much bigger than just myself. And I think my purpose has just fallen into, you know, pouring back into other people's lives. And no matter what I do or my future, I want to make sure that that is represented in all of my work. And I feel like then people definitely need to identify, you know, what their purpose is. Um, because it's not, I don't, I personally believe it's not just our jobs. Like it's a lot, it's a lot bigger than that. And I feel like when people, once people find that, then that's where they're going to find joy and um, everything that they do. Yeah. Again, just, there's so much, there's so much in there that I think is, is valuable. And from so many different, from doing so many different interviews, I mean, it, it's shocking how many, I mean, almost every one of the guests I, I think have said, yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta start, you know, you just gotta go and do it. You just gotta keep going. And there's so much value in there. And that's the biggest, you know, not to, not to oversimplify the creative process or business, but uh, a lot of it has to do with just getting out there and doing it and iterating and learning from uh, mistakes, you know, whether it be long pitch emails or, or something else and just keep going. I am going to, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here because uh, I did not put this, I, you know, I, for everybody listening, I, I generally send a, a little outline over to the guests of the show, but uh, can we talk about your purpose a little bit? I think it'd be helpful for people to, to hear, you know, what really excites you when it comes to content creation, the things that you're really passionate about uh, as they think through their own purpose for content creation. Definitely. Okay. So I'm going to throw you a story because I am obsessed with this. And this was like, I think this was a pivoting point in which I started to find my purpose. And so to kind of set it up. So I had stopped going to school after like the first semester, did not feel ready. And then went retail, learned a lot from retail, and then went back home and for a while. And then I remember my high school they actually invited me out to speak at a couple of middle school classes. And it was my one of my first times ever speaking on that level where, you know, you're sharing your accomplishments and everything that you're doing. 
And I remember walking into the room and, and seeing all, it was a girl's computer class. And it was my old computer teacher, Mr. Gideon, which I'm obsessed with him. He's the sweetest teacher ever. And I, I remember just setting up my presentation and talking with the girls about, you know, my magazine at the time and then um, just everything that I had been doing. And they just lit up to the point where by the end of the class, I was signing their notebooks. They wanted my <laughs> autograph. And one of the girls asked me if I knew Beyonce, which is, <laughs> and it was just, it was the sweetest, just most humbling thing. And I think that that just, and I just remember going in my car and just completely like crying. Cause I was just like, Oh my gosh, like they were just kept telling me how they felt so inspired and how they wanted to do what I was doing and just all these things. And I think that for me, just open up the floodgate for wow, like I can impact people with what I do. And that just, yeah, that just kind of did everything for me. And, and I think when, when you realize that, or when you realize how powerful your voice can be, or your influence can be, then, and to use that in such a, you know, positive way, I feel like that's really the lightning rod for everything. And that's why getting up at, you know, five something in the morning is like no problem because I just know, you know, with my work, that's something that I want to consistently instill in everything that I do. And so that, I think that's what really started, you know, my purpose with that. And then moving forward, I just realized that, you know, we tend to keep ourselves in this tiny little box sometimes of like what we could do. And I think, you know, before I used to be just so like, man, like this is never going to work out. It's never going to be happening. Just like a you know, Debbie, not necessarily Debbie Downer, but just like a naysayer in my own self. And which didn't make any sense because I, I, I felt encouragement for everyone else, but except for my own self. And so I think trying to, you know, grow that and be better about that. I just have pushed myself to any idea that I even think is stupid. I'm going to try and I'm just going to see what happens and just go for it. And I have done that for the past three to four years. And it's just proven to that some of these, all these things happening and which still, you know, shock me and humble me. But I just think that it just proves that we are just so much more capable of what we think we are and anything is truly possible. And I feel like as long as we can understand that and know that and know that we can be something, our, our dreams can be even greater than what we've already dreamt. That is such fuel in, you know, our determination to get things done and, and to keep going and everything. And I just think that even with social media audiences as well, too, because I know that can be a discouragement as far as, man, like I don't have this amount of followers or I'm only talking to my grandma, which by the way, my grandma, and my mom were like the only ones watching my <laughs> YouTube videos like back well, in the day. And Campbell's Soup. And Campbell's Soup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just think it doesn't, to me, that doesn't matter because, I mean, even if you can just touch like one person or just share something with one person, I mean, that could inspire the next president. That could inspire the next, you know, whomever. Like, you just don't know. Like, you don't know who you're inspiring. And I think that most people at the end of the day, that's what people want to do. They want to connect and they want to have those relationships and they want to inspire people. And I think that even if you just have one follower, if you at least have one follower, then you're doing that and you should just pursue it with all you got. Yeah, I think that's probably the, even the best way to to grow your following is to pour 
you know, as much as you can into that one follower, because that one follower is going to become uh, an energized follower and uh, somebody who's super engaged and somebody who tells their friends. And then also, you know, even when thinking about numbers too, you know, let's say you have a hundred Instagram followers. If you put a hundred people in a room, you know, wouldn't that be impressive? Exactly. And I love that metaphor. That's yeah. exactly it. So, but thank you for sharing all of that. I know I put you on the spot because that definitely wasn't in, it definitely <laughs> was in the outline, but that was, I mean, that is a great story. And, uh, and I think a great perspective for people to hear. So there, there are a couple things I want to hit on before, uh, before we end here. The first one, I just I want to talk about uh, video a little bit and the advantage of video. Video is something that I, I, I've asked a bunch of people about because it's something that I'm trying to get more into and more comfortable with just because I think it is an important marketing channel. But I also want to talk to you about what you've learned from your, your role at Dote. And I also, and don't let me forget this, I, you're writing a fiction book. So we have those three things to cover before we end here. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> so number one, video. Is, is, was video like, is that a, just a medium that you're naturally comfortable with or did you have to become comfortable? Do you have any, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is what recommendations do you have for somebody to get more comfortable with video? So interesting enough. And I think just because I am, I just, I just talk way too much. So I think that's why, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why it's easier to do video and, but okay. So when I was starting out, the very, I saw a lot of like popular, you know, YouTube videos and whatnot. And I just thought to myself like, Oh, I can do this too. And it was so funny. I used to make like a 14 minute videos on YouTube and just, I mean, just talk it out. I mean, it was like, it, <laughs> it was so long, but then I, I learned, you know, just by doing and just by watching others, you know, the attention span of, you know, my audience at three to four minute sweet spot. And I think for me, it basically was just by trial and error. I, I feel like when you're starting out with video and, and trying to be comfortable on camera, it's almost like you have to think about, okay, if I were to be talking to my best friend, so my best friend, Felicia, if I were to be talking to her, this is how I need to be talking you know, to my audience for that connection because video shows everything. And I didn't quite realize that in starting out. I mean, you cannot hide from video. It's right in, you know, the camera's right in your face. And so people, you know, pick up on everything, every mannerism and can really tell if you are being genuine. And I think that was a little bit hard for me because, you know, everybody kind of has a shield when they're first meeting people, right? It's literally like an introduction where you're like, hi, like, how's the weather? You know, just very like <laughs> surface level. And so getting behind the camera, even though it's just you and the camera and, I, I think that sometimes it's hard to to bring that level off. And I remember doing a couple of like personal videos to try to break down that barrier and to be just more vulnerable with my audience. I think that's what made me start to be more comfortable is putting my vulnerability out there, sharing personal things and starting to put faces with my audience and then talking to them with, with, uh, through their comments and everything like that. And I think that was super helpful as well because I think once you identify your person or your like target audience, but you're putting a personality to them, you're putting a face to them, it's a lot easier to talk to the camera because it is like talking with a friend versus just talking to yourself in a room and then you feel super awkward and you're just like, man, this is like so hard. So that's, that's the best way that, or the best tip that I can give and being comfortable in front of a camera. You have to act like it's your best friend and you are 
really just sharing your life. And that's why I wanted to get into vlogging because I just feel like it keeps that vulnerable state and that a state where people can really resonate with you and the things that you are, that are going on in your life. And it's not so much curated and you're just able to be real, which I think in this day and age, that's what people are really seeking for because, you know, it, I feel like people who are able to be real and and comfortable in that then it encourages others to do so as well. And it helps people to be able to relate to you too. And I, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's one of the biggest advantages of video is that it's just easier to build trust with people because they can see you, because they can put a face to your name. So I got to imagine that that's one of the biggest benefits of video is that it's just easier to build trust with your audience. Exactly. And I think too that people, because it's very fascinating. I remember my dad, he, one of my videos, it was a good morning routine and I was showing myself brushing my teeth and he was like, people watch that. I'm like, (laughs) yeah. So, you know, and and I would even say that's pretty good advice. Like just what you were saying about speaking to a specific person, you know, not, and, and acting like it's a conversation that you're having with your best friend. I mean, even if you're not on video, but if you're blogging, whatever, whatever medium it is that you choose, that's probably going to make your content more compelling because it's more specific and it is truly conversational uh, rather than just trying to speak to the masses. So, and I do, I don't want to, you know, I wish we, I feel like maybe we, we need to do a whole nother episode just on, just on video, but for the sake of time, moving on to Dote, and I should have asked this question earlier when we were talking about being a brand ambassador, are there certain things that you learned in this role, you know, seeing it from the other side that, that either has helped you as a brand ambassador yourself or, you know, I mean, maybe it's uh, advice that you have for people who are trying to be brand ambassadors. It's like, hey, you know, now that I'm on the company side of it, the brand side of it, here's what, pe- here's what the, you know, here's what to do well so that you can actually get in front of the brands that you want to get in front of. Yes. So it was such an eye opener to see what brands actually look for, because when we're sourcing for events or for photo shoots and everything, and we're going in and we're looking at the girls and they have truly taught me, you know, especially just with their personal brand, what they're seeking and for their own representation. And so I would say the first, the very first thing, especially on social media, You almost need to, even though you want to keep it, you know, candid and personal, but you almost need to think of it as a portfolio because that's how these brands are finding people through Instagram, through YouTube, especially keywords. I did not know how important those were, especially on, you know, YouTube or even Instagram through different hashtags. Let's just say like San Francisco photographer, San Francisco blogger or YouTuber or putting different keywords on YouTube. So let's just say if we're we're sourcing girls for a photo shoot in New York, we would look up like photo shoot or New York vlogger or New York morning routine and just see who pops up. Mm -hmm. The other thing too is I think with brands, you know, even within our sourcing, like we are very quick to assess like what the person is like, what their personality is, what they can bring to the table. And so I feel like, especially on Instagram, like your first nine photos are like the most important photos because that's exactly what brands are going to look at right away. Or even your YouTube videos, your very first four or five, that's what they're going to look at right away. And it's very quick. I mean, the intention span of brands and looking at your stuff 
probably less than five minutes. And so I think that if you, in looking at your portfolio slash social media and making sure that it draws people in and whatever you're doing, that is super important. And I think too, as well as just seeing it from the brand side, I've just overall, I've just learned that brands at the, at the end of the day, they just want to know what you are going to add to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think most people definitely need to analyze that and see, okay, out of my talents, out of everything that I've, you know, done, what can I give to the brand that either they don't have or something that better that they could have? I know that, you know, with Doe and we're definitely working on, you know, diversity and inclusivity and everything like that. And that's something that I think a lot of brands are also looking for too, as far as representation and not just like, you know, black and white, but just all different, you know, body sizes and everything within women and all different cultural backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And that could be something that you could, you know, offer a brand. And there's just so many other things on top of that. But I just think that, you know, seeing it from the brand side and just seeing how quick they assess people and, you know, and what they look for, it's definitely even made me kind of fix up my own <laughs> social media as well, too. Yeah, just make sure that the first thing everybody's seeing above the fold, you know, whether it be on Instagram, or whether it be on your website or whether it be on your YouTube channel is you'd be happy with people seeing that because that's your that's your first impression. And I mean, if, if, if that, if that doesn't come off the right way, I assume brands are just moving on to the next person. Exactly. Yes. And it's just so quick too. I mean, I, I didn't quite realize that. And, but I, I also get it because they have so many people to look through. Yeah. And so I think that that's why you definitely need to stand out, but in your own way, I mean, definitely not something that you, you know, wouldn't do or anything like that. And I think that just show letting your personality show through your content is super important. I bet you have added a ton of value though to Dote as well. And you were probably the perfect job candidate for the the uh, the job that you fill just because you do have experience on the other side. So you can help them. You could probably help inform them on um, some of the best ways that they can help content creators as well. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. And I, I love that it's woman run because, you know, women just roll. <laughs> uh, that was, that was a really key passion in mine, especially um, aligning with my own mission as well. But I, yeah, I think that um, it, it's just been so much fun just to be able to gain that experience that they're giving me and to be able to have a voice in that creativity towards the events um, and, and coordinating that and just getting to meet also to so many different people and other creators as well. And so I think, yeah, it's just been so much fun. And this is actually my very first, I say grown up job, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm only, I'm 26. So, you know, to be able to be in a field like this and, and moving from, you know, Virginia to San Francisco and doing that on my own. And it's funny. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like I definitely, the very first week, even into this job, like I was crying almost every day just because <laughs> I was like, what the heck did I do? <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's paid off and I'm, I'm super happy. And I think that when you are doing something new and you finally find your, your niche or your groove to it, and then you're just really able to put fun into it and continue to learn. And, and so, and I, yeah, I've definitely just gained so much and it just makes me so excited for the future. I feel like people, sometimes we always think in the now, or maybe we'll think, you know, a few days later, but we don't really think 
all the time about the future or, you know, years down the road. And I definitely think this is just such a great starting point for all my future, you know, ideas and dreams down the road. Yeah, for sure. And and I bet, you know, if you went back two or three years and, and had to write down, hey, what do you think 26 is going to look like for you? It would have probably been so different. Oh, so than, different. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's true of so many different people. So I, I'm, I'm just excited for you. And I think this is a, this is a, a good time to wrap up. And I, but before we do, I want to talk to you. You were writing a fictional book proposal. Can you yeah. tell us, can you tell us anything about that? Or is that like completely under wraps for right now? Yes. So, okay. So I'll definitely tell you. So I just, um, and I just got on my, um, or have on my book editor, Diana Joyner. Uh, and this is actually her. So she's edited tons of books before, but this is actually going to be her first fictional book. So we're like super excited. But basically, so to kind of give you a little bit of a background. So my magazine, The Letter, um, that is coming to an end after four years. And I'm, you know, it's, it's bittersweet, but at the same time, I'm actually really excited because it just ta- taught me so much about self-publishing. Mm-hmm. And so now going into actually pitching to a publishing house is so different for me. And so I'm still like learning the ropes in that. But the main thing I I can say is that, you know, I've been wanting to write a fictional book for the longest time, I think ever since high school. And so now doing that and just, you know, learning in that, I think this is just really great as a segue from doing my magazine and, um, and everything. Cause I've always wanted to be an author. And so I'm hoping that just through this, that I'll, I'll gain experience in that and, and figuring out Diana and I are figuring out the outline together and, and then pitching that and then seeing what comes from that. But I mean, the ultimate dream is bestseller and then for it to turn into a movie. And I think that would be the coolest thing ever, but that's basically where I am right now. We're really in the brainstorming stages and just really, you know, learning, taking everything that I've learned from self-publishing and applying that to this book proposal for this fictional book. And I'm just, I'm super pumped about it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool hearing that you have such a 360 view of so many different things, whether it being a brand ambassador, both as a brand ambassador, but then also from the corporate brand side. And then now from the publishing side, having self-published now pitching something to an editor, and I'm excited to see what comes of that. And who knows, maybe, you know, maybe a couple of years from now when they're turning your book into a movie, I'll be able to say, yeah, you know, actually I interviewed her on my podcast, yeah. you know, so that would be, uh, that would be pretty, pretty exciting. But can you tell us at all, like what it's going to be about or is that, you know, can't share any of that right now? Yeah. So I will say this, I'll give you like insider scoop. I will say this. It is definitely... I think it is definitely going to have part of my journey in it, but there is still going to be like a lot of fictional pieces in that just because I feel like I haven't quite been able to touch on my personal journey as far as like the very beginning and just so many things that have gone on. And so I think that's the angle that it's going to take. But then of course, you know, changing names, adding some fictional, fun fictional things in there. And I think that it's just going to be really cool to have a book where you're kind of following this creativity journey in a sense, but it's almost like if, you know, Pretty Little Liars meets Riverdale, but then with my own twist on it. So I always <laughs> love like a good mystery book too. So I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, facets in there and a lot of layers in there as well too, that I'm, I'm super, super thrilled about. Well, you'll have to keep us updated on uh, progress on that front. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm yeah. Again, like I'm just, I'm very, 
obsessively grateful that, you know, I'm able to even do this and that I'm able to even put my ideas, you know, out there and, and create them. I think that's such a, again, a humbling thing for any creative to be able to do. So if people want to learn more about you, where are the various places that they can go? Yes. Okay. So on social media, you can follow me at Lauren Taylor LTW, and that's all of my social media. And also you can head over to my website, um, which is actually by Davey and Krista, which is incredible, uh, which is Lauren Taylor LTW.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for getting up bright and early out on the West Coast to do this interview. I'm excited to share it with people. And again, I hope you keep us updated with all of the different things that you have going on. Yes, of course. No, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to deviancrista.com. 